I'm so new to this industry and for this to be my first experience is really crazy. If, to be honest, this was a corporate office and she was doing exactly the same thing that she was doing on tour, immediately that would be so many HR violations. Nobody speaks up because they're so scared for their jobs. I was terrified for my job. Thank you very much. This is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C. and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. Perhaps Donald Trump forgets the D.C. that he left. Unrecognizable as it was, boarded up with barricades, barbed wire and battalions on high alert after thousands of his followers stormed the Capitol and ransacked its sacred halls, all to upend the certification of Joe Biden as president on January the 6th, 2021. The National Council for Safeguarding the Homeland rejects all sanctions and refuses to yield to any threat, wherever it may come from. We reject any interference in Niger's internal affairs. This week's political narrative unveils a gripping drama, leaving us to question democracy's course. The verdict in Trump's trial echoes, highlighting the fragility of all our institutions. Whispers of a cabinet reshuffle in Britain add intrigue to the power play. Lizzle's lawsuit exposes vulnerabilities in the music industry. And Niger Alatorsi's struggle abroad reminds us of democracy's global implications. As the week concludes, we're left pondering what has befallen democracy and how will we shape its next act in the grand script of history. Welcome, Trevor Blackman here. Good to be back at Maritime Radio and GetLiveRadio.com. This is a Maritime Radio's award-winning community talk show that shines light on and gives voice to London's diverse community in action. It is the show that plays the track and provides the headline news that, well, you might have missed, including United Nations warns of rampant war crimes against civilians in Sudan, and in the US, six Mississippi police officers plead guilty to civil rights violations in the torture of two black men. Plus, over the next two hours, from hip-hop revolution to Emmett Till's legacy, award-winning artist Simon Templer helps us celebrate 50 years of hip-hop's boundary-breaking impact. We explore the birth of paper cups with a band from Leeds. Plus, Emmett Till honoured with a new national monument amid textbook, should I say, suppression efforts in the US. This is Trevor Blackman now. So let's get to it. Trevor Blackman now. Real people, inspiring stories, living legends, award-winning talk show. Trevor Blackman now. My, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Yeah, he, yeah, he, this court is now in session. His honor, Judge Pigmeat Mark and Poseidon.
Yeah, he's the coat of swing. He's just about ready to do that thing. I don't want no tears. I don't want no lies. Above all, I don't want no alibis. This judge is hip, and that ain't all. He'll give you time if you're big or small. Fall in line, or this coat is neat. Peace, brother. Whoa, here come the judge. Here come the judge. Everybody knows. say yes here comes the judge pick meet mark in 1968 uh, officially acknowledged as the first rap song yes we can talk grandmaster flash i'm not going there i'm not going there i've got more should i say uh, distinguished guests coming on over the coming weeks to talk to it yes okay but I'm just telling you now, officially acknowledged, 1968, Pigmeat Markham, here comes the job. Uh, judge, should I say, first rap song. Anyway, top of the day to you, Trevor Blackman here. <laughs> I'm going to get into so much trouble. Trevor Blackman here, good to be back at Maritime Radio and GetLiveRadio.com in the US. Um, it's been a while. I know, kids in the UK, off school now. Second week? Second week off school? How's it going for you? Uh, loads of activities out there, free stuff as well. If they're eligible for free school meals, holiday and food activities, but equally, equally, you can make the argument, even if they haven't got free school meals to actually get on some of the programs across our boroughs our 33 boroughs so please 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 if you're stuck for something to do it is worth talking to your local authority and finding out what's out there okay gotta tell you that uh, god oh trap nerve had a trap nerve for the last three weeks only just now healing yes it's affected my well-being because i haven't been to the gym or swimming but look i'm here now and as you know i've swapped with tom and matty they should be here today they're going to be here in a couple of weeks because they've got holidays as well so it's all different but we're going to get through it do not worry hey so coming up on the show today well as you know uh, i'm very much aware that in america the wheels of justice grind but they grind slow and we appreciate and respect and honor what has been done 
to put it on a national level, this monument, I think about the suffering, the pain that it caused us to get to this point. So we really appreciate it. Same time we have mixed emotions and what was done should have been done. It's kind of like the anti-lynching law. It took 100 years and 200 times, but we got it done. Two weeks ago, President Biden designated Emmett Till a national monument preserving history. Thanks to our friends at Democracy Now!, we have an exclusive interview with Till's cousin, Reverend Wheeler Parker Jr. That's after one. Also, you know, I went to school with a mixed mixed community and that. So I grew up listening to Asian music and, and Bangra, and it's just it's just part of the landscape up here, you know. And in this hour, we head to Leeds and speak to Colin Whitaker from the Colin Whitaker Band uh, about life growing up in Bradford and how that has influenced his musical catalogue. And we preview their latest single, Paper Cups. But first... Um, you know, for me, it was uh, the first time that I heard young people from my area, my neighborhood, sound empowered. Uh, you know, you know, in New York growing up, it was, you know, every time you saw a little black kid on TV, they were getting being put in a police car or something. Those so, were the mean old days yeah, of was, New York City, right? It was City, a little right? mean back. It so hip-hop was yeah. like an escape. Hip-hop was like positive energy. Hip-hop was like the braggadocio was about, you know, it, it wasn't that you were trying to look down on people. You were bragging because you wanted to be somebody. LA Cool J there, time now to speak of that cultural revolution that is hip-hop. Today, we stand at the crossroads of history, celebrating 50 glorious years of a genre that defined norms, uplifted voices, and inspired generations. From its humble origins to its marvel rise in the mainstream, hip-hop's infectious beats, soul-stirring lyrics, and unapologetic spirit have transcended borders and united hearts worldwide. Over the next few weeks, we pay homage to the pioneers who paved the way, the artists who dare to dream, and the fans who kept the flame alive. Hopefully, Shakespeare of the world-class Wrecking Crew will be with us in a few weeks. As you know, the Wrecking Crew contributes to rap's development. Two of its members, Dr. Dre and DJ Yella, legends. That's all I'm going to say. But up first is a fan, an award-winning artist, Simon Templer, a passionate advocate and visionary from Blingware, UK. For Simon, hip-hop goes far beyond mere music. It holds a profound significance that has shaped his life's journey from childhood to manhood. And I caught up with him on Friday. Take a listen to our conversation. Hello, Trevor. How goes it? It goes well, my brother. It goes well. I'm going to start by saying simply this, and it's good that you're here. It's good that you're here. And I, know, I don't know what's going to happen in this, in this conversation because I know your vibe and your energy and I love it. But let me give you this first. Two words. Hip-hop. One game-changing genre. What say you? Hip-hop. My life. Yeah, my, my stepfather, my stepmother. Yeah, my teacher. Amen. That's what hip-hop was for me. What was the first spark for you? What, when, when, what drew, drew you to hip hop? How did you connect first? Do you know what? I was trying to think about this year when, when the, when they were talking about hip hop 50th birthday, uh-huh. and this year I'm actually 50. Yeah, so that means hip hop started when I was born. Yeah, obviously I wasn't around at the beginning, but when it came over here, I'd say that was about. I think the first movie and the first thing that I ever saw was like something called Breakdance. Oh yes. Yeah. Ozone Turbo 
and these were guys that wore baggy clothes and like um, spiked wristbands and mm. bandanas. They, they looked very like, um, it was a different look for hip hop. And then the dance, the break dance came out, which was all part of the elements because there was five elements to hip hop. Mm. And um, the dance, it attracted me. I liked it. I liked the robot dance. I liked the break dancing. I liked the popping. I was never good at breaking. I wasn't really good at controlling my weight. Do you know what I mean? On my hands and my back. But I was good at popping. I was okay. very good at popping. But yeah, I think it was about those times. So maybe like 80s. 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 80, yeah, 84. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe 84, 80s. Definitely 80s. And yeah, I mean, since then, I've never looked back. So at the time, and you, know, you and I know this for, for, from the 80s and stuff, hip hop wasn't seen as the mainstream. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't. No. For, for in, in the estates where I was growing up, in, in the cities, you know, it was raw, it was talking of, it was given voice to, but it wasn't mainstream. And you got those people looking down at hip hop. It was like, what are these people doing as they sit down with a spandor ballet? Do you know what I mean? So yeah. through all of that, for all of that, how do you just keep the, you know, keep the fire alive? Because it just talked to a particular community, did it? Did it not? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But I mean, do you know what? Living in London, yeah, I think I was spoiled. Or I was one of the lucky ones. Because London had Covent Garden, we had um, Carnaby Street, we had Central London. So we were able to get all the imported stuff, imported records, imported clothes. I remember going into shops like Four Star General, which was in, um, in Carnaby Street, where you had to go downstairs and you could get goose jackets, click suits, Gucci suits, your Gucci trainers, then big rope chains. Yes. Everything to do with hip hop was there. But when you con when you congregated in Covent Garden, which was central London, there was loads of people from all parts of London that didn't have that, but they would have to travel into London. And that's where I remember hearing like people from the country say, yeah, we're traveling up to London. We in London would call it central London. Yeah, yeah, no, but we would say, we, yeah, we, we're, yeah, we're but coming we up, up to, to London. London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then they would leave with bags of, you know, like yes. your name buckle belts. You remember the belts with your name yes. on it? Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was a big thing. We would get, I don't know, just loads of stuff, like these little MCM, Moochum and Gucci bags that you'd wear around your neck, mm, you know? Mm, um, mm. The big glasses, gazelle, gazelle glasses, like the big Run DMC glasses. Like it was, I was Flavor Flav. <laughs> yeah, Flavor Flav with his big clock. I've got the big clock and I put it around my neck. Yeah. The big clock, but that's what I'm saying. So yeah, I was spoiled coming up in London, or not spoiled, I was blessed. So we had pirate radio stations that would play hip hop. We had clubs that would play hip hop. And there were certain DJs and MCs from the areas in the blocks that I lived. So Tottenham, we had Demon Boys. In South London, they had London Posse, yeah? But these were guys that would rap. They would rap, it was hip hop, but coming from London as well, a lot of the people that were into hip-hop, we evolved from reggae and sound system, yeah, going to a sound system and a reggae dance, and the chatting, per and I'm purring and I'm purring and I'm seeing that fast tongue thing, and then we would go onto the hip-hop because it was like a lot of the rappers would put in reggae influences into it, yeah? So that brought a lot of our people into this because, like you said, a lot of us from... The West Indian culture, we weren't really Spando Beleo or Duran Duran. Do you know what I mean? We were crying out for something a bit more, not so much lovey, lovey, love, 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 more mm. like some educational. Who are we? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Put some big words into these raps so that we could actually go into the dictionary and look them up. 
you know and wasn't that the thing? Let me pause you there. Wasn't that the thing that people miss, but they get now? That how educational was hip-hop? They were speaking of chaos, KRS Ron. They were speaking of, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Big Daddy Kane was speaking of, you know, all of them were speaking. Of, and then, of course, we come into the kind of the 90s and Tupac and everything. And yeah, great, 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 great. But in the early 80s, people were talking of our time, talking of what was yeah. happening in those streets, whether that's yes. in New York, in L.A. and transcending it over to and say this is across the world. But, you know, my teacher didn't get that. My other, my secondary uh, teacher in, in English got that and said, okay, you can use that now in terms of the poetry because because hip hop is poetry, but not everyone got that, Simon. No, no, but 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 I find a lot of people that hear things when they hear things they don't want to hear, they'll rebuke it and block it out, and then it becomes it's just like graffiti, you know, it's just like the dance. Don't forget break dance, yeah, it had a form what we call uprock where you would throw your fists at each other, not hit, but you pretend to fight, yeah? And even that was found as violent on the streets when police saw it, because they weren't used to it. And this is what we call a battle, yeah? Then you had the MCs that would raise their voices a bit and use their hands and express themselves. That's why a lot of the time we're, we're like, oh, why do you use your hands and your voice is so... But that's our style, yeah? That's how we express ourselves, from the bottom coming up, to make yourself seen, you have to be loud and you have to be proud. Do you get it? So for me, all of that was like someone, when I heard hip hop, it was someone patting me on my back. And the more people didn't like it, the more we liked it because it kept out the infiltrators. Amen. Yeah? It, in the hip hop dance, it kept the people that were real. Um, so yeah, at that time when the hip hop was coming in, yeah, it was, it was a mixture. Yeah, because, all right, so hip-hop, a lot of the time, it's it's kind of maybe violent stories and stories and tales of the hood, so they say. But that's what we they were living, we were living, yeah? So hip-hop is a newspaper. It's the news for the people, for the unseen, for the unheard. That's what it was. I love that. Yeah? Love and, that. I mean, there was violence in the, in the songs, but... There's always been this battle of, ah, hip-hop is violent and it makes you kill people. Listen, you put a gun in someone's hand, the person makes a decision whether they use it or they don't, yeah? You could use it to kill someone and harm them, or you could maybe hunt and feed your family. You understand? Yeah, so yeah. with the hip-hop, it was the same thing. Just because someone said, yeah, I'm going to bust him up, I'm going to kick his head in, it didn't make me, as an intelligent man of colour, feel like I needed to do that. It wasn't instructions, do you get it? It wasn't yeah, no, instructions. No. It was more like, wow, this is going on. Community news. I love that. I love that. But here's the thing as well. And you only just touched upon it when you talked about the art and the graffiti as well. And you are now an award-winning artist, graph artist. You do stuff across the world. And, and I've seen you. You're great. You're great. But That's here's cool. the thing I wanted to get. I wanted to get your view on this because graffiti as an art form, only in the latter years have people seen that. And I don't want to even talk about Banksy and all those things. Great guy, great, 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 <coughs> it does. But it shouldn't take someone who they believe and perceive to be white to bring something to be acceptable when yeah. artists were doing it across the world for, 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 for decades and generations. I just want to get your view on that and how Graph has kind of like influenced, spoke to you and something that you feel that you need to continue and pass on to future generations. All right, so for graffiti, you know, big up Banksy and those boys, because you know what? 
as much as they're not rep representing my culture, per se, it's not my people, but they're still in the culture. They're still representing the art form and all that. I have to big up Banksy because you know what? Where I'm living, I'm living in the UK, right? The UK is not run by us. Yeah, we know this. If I was in Africa, Jamaica, somewhere where everybody looked alike, there wouldn't be an issue about what colour or who's doing it. It would just be a Jamaican, an African, you feel me? So with this, Banksy, just like in the music, hip-hop wasn't mainstream until Tim Westwood got it. Yeah? Tim Westwood was a white DJ. Um, his dad was a preacher. He was on Radio 1 Extra. He wore all the clothes. He even talked American. Yeah? He's been cussed and dissed his whole life through his whole period of thingy. He's been dissed and people cuss him. But you know what? We had to listen to him because we had no choice. He was our representative, not, not by vote, not, not, not by a vote. He just came in because he had the, the secret handshake. Yeah? Yeah. So sometimes beggars can't be choosers and we have to work with what we got. So when that came in, that came in and what he done, just like, um, what's the other one? David Rodigan, big reggae DJ for the UK, but he's white but he plays Jamaican music, yeah? And that's how it got mainstream over here. But that's because we're here, so I can't knock it, yeah? When I'm in Rome, I've got to kind of do what the Romans do sometimes. So all I'm saying is, when, when that came in, Banksy and them not made it possible for people like myself that have got a business head on, be able to make money through this art that was damned throughout the nation if it was done by my hands, my colour hands. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, All mm. of a sudden, somebody else does it like Banksy and I'm not knocking and this is not nothing to do with racism. This is just to do with race and perception of the lost. Yeah. They thought when he does the same thing that we've been doing for 30 years, all of a sudden it becomes this super duper art form and it's not crime no more. Make me do or my friends do what Banksy done, we'd be in jail sitting down. Yeah. So it's a sticky one because I've got to thank him for actually enabling me to make money from this because mm -hmm. what he's done is he's trained his side of the people to understand that it's art. Okay, you know? so here's here's my thing then as we celebrate 50 50th anniversary of hip hop. In your view then, in if we look at the role of hip hop and what it plays in empowering and and unifying communities in a sense that's what you said. Um, yeah. But the breaking down barriers and the promoting of social change, where are we? Because I don't know. If, I I personally believe hip hop is a, is a brilliant vehicle for it. I really do. When we look now, because hip hop is mainstream, let's just be clear about this. OK, yeah. hip hop is mainstream music. This is what you now see when you turn on the radio for the top 40, what we used to do in, back in the day. And we didn't hear it. OK, it is now mainstream. It's number one. But is it still changing? Are we still using it in a positive way? Or does hip-hop still have its own demons as well? When you look at sex and sexuality and all those things, how much is it truly now? There are some artists, yes, but how much is it truly now speaking of? Or is it still now just kind of entrenched in its own way of this is how we used to be, masculine, blah, blah, blah. Where, where is hip-hop now? Can we be celebrating hip-hop in the next 50 years? I'd say we will be, we will always be celebrating hip hop. We'll be celebrating the masters, 
because hip hop is still about, but right now it's I, I would call it hip hop because it's it's really pop music. Yeah, it's not about social awareness anymore. It's not about being proud. It's just about the money. Let's be real. It's been so manufactured. The times we're living in anyway is mm -hmm. about embarrass yourself and get money. Then people are not scared anymore. There's no, there's no, um, I don't know, man. There's no pride in this thing. Like everybody's, everybody's pers persona is for sale. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. it, it's like people don't mind saying things that are against what they believe to get the money. People don't mind taking off their clothes and it's a different thing. It's definitely not like it used to be. It's a, the, the kids that are doing it or the people that are doing it now, their whole mindset is completely different. Like like I said, it's a different channel of music. It's you, not the kind of but yeah, I it's think, just not the kind of music that I could I could play or or even feed my kids. Okay. I hear, I, I hear you on that. But you've got artists like Frank Ocean, Little Nas X, they're, I would say they're the kind of like the new breed because they're talking of themselves. So they talk very honestly, like Little, Na Little Nas X will talk honestly about him. You know, he's bisexual, whatever he is. And he talks of that. We would never have had that in the past. So there are artists being true to themselves and creating some really great music. You think of Frank Ocean, great artist, friggin' brilliant. Yeah. But there are those, I think it's what you're saying, who just will do anything for the dollar. I will say this to you. Didn't we always have artists like that? Yeah. Vanilla Ice? Yeah, 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 there was always. But like you said, <laughs> look at Vanilla Ice and look what happened to him. He got extra, um, you know, <laughs> he did well. extradited. He had to come out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But, but then you've got you've got people that, that in hip hop, we call them the gods. Like yes. Rakim, um, even LL Cool J. Let's go for Run DMC, Tough yes. and Lever. They might Amen. talk some nastiness, but inside it, there's some hidden gems. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's yes. gems. And that's that's what I'm talking about. It was an art form back then. Mm. Because back then you had to be the best. When I was coming up, hip hop was about the B side. Now, when I say the B side, I'm yeah, talking about you you'd buy a record and the average Joe would play the A side in a party. Yeah. But we like the B-side. We like the dub bit. We like yes. the bit with the swearing in it. We like the bit with the... Like, we play the B-side. When we wore trainers, we didn't yeah. want trainers that everybody had. So it's like, what, you go in America? But bring their trainers. Um, you know, the way we dressed. We didn't want to fit in. We wanted to stand out. This whole generation, and this is not youngers, this is everybody, yeah? When I go on the tubes now, if you want to be trendy, you got to buy the same thing that looks like the man sitting next to you and the woman sitting next to you. You can't stand out no more, otherwise you're weird. And yeah. this is what hip-hop was. Hip-hop was, was like, boy, you go into the dance, stand out. We had high-top high top haircuts with fade and we had patterns in our head. Yes, hip-hop was punk. My gosh, man. Yes, yes, brother. Yes. It was like, <laughs> it was just like, yo, we could do this. So, you know, even even up to even hip hop, when we used to go to school on the bus, we would always I didn't I didn't even have Afro here and I had an Afro comb with the fist on it. You know that Afro You comb have it in the back. <laughs> I, I have that in my back pocket with the metal spokes yes. and the, the, the fists. And I would have that in my pocket because it was a representation. And then I'd have my there was a stage when I had my black and my, my leather 
African medallion. Yes, know, yes. Around my, around my yes, neck, like yes, red, gold, and green. And yes. I'm wearing it. And this is what I'm saying. This this wasn't taught to me in school. This was Amen. taught to me by public enemy, by yes. Della Soul. Yes. By um like I could go on and on, but I didn't learn about me and my parents and my culture, my uncles from school. Amen. I learned it from the music. Yeah. That I heard. Amen. Look, we, we, you got to come back. You got to come back. But let's talk about the music and let's talk about one track for you that defines hip hop. And then we got we got to go. But you got to come back. Talk to me. I want to play something for you. What track should I play? And tell me why. All right. So my artist and the person that represents hip hop for me, for the first one that I met or the first one that I kind of came across that I really liked was KRS One. Firstly, because he was an American rapper. I like the way he dressed, but what he done with his music, he, he influxed and infused reggae. My my uncles were, were sound system man, so all I heard in my house was reggae. We had sound speaker boxes in my house. So I'd say KRS-One, the bridge is over. That is my tune. That was what I used to listen to on my way to school, on my Walkman, on tape, yeah? All the way, KRS-One. The bridge is over, the bridge is over. Bye bye bye. The bridge is over, the bridge is over. Hey, hey, the bridge is over, the bridge is over. Bye bye bye. The bridge is over, the bridge is over. You see me coming in the dance with the flipper sense. Down with the sound called BDP. If you want to join the crew, well, you must see me. You can't sound like Shan or the one Marley. Because Shan and Marley Marl am rhyming like the gay. Picking up the mic, my them don't know what to say. Saying hip hop started out in Queensbridge. Saying lots like that, man, you know them can't live so uh, Tell them again, me come to tell them again, Quan. Tell them again, me come to tell them again. Tell them again, me come to tell them again, Quan. Tell them again, me come to tell them. Manhattan keeps on making it, Brooklyn keeps on taking it, Bronx keeps creating it, and Queens keeps on faking it. Come out to play, guys. Here's an example of KRS One's bow. Here's an example of KRS One. They wish the battle beat the beat, but they cannot. They must be on the jock of who? DJ Scott Rock, guys. We don't complain, now do we play the game of favors? Boogie Down Production come in three different flavors. Pick any tip for the flavor that you savor. Mr. Magic Mike wish to come and try to save ya. But instead of helping you out, he want the same thing I gave ya. I finally figured it out. Magic Mouth is you for sucking. Roxanne Shantae is only good for steady pumping. MC Shannon Molly Mall is really only bluffing. Like Dougie Fresh said, I tell you now you ain't nothing. Compared to Red Alert and Kiss and Boogie Down Production. Say ease and I'm on, I miss an ease and I'm on. KRS One, you know them can't understand. Been moving over there and then been moving over here. The name of this routine is called Live at Union Square. Square, square, square. Ooh, what's the matter with your MC Molly Mall? Don't you know daddy's out of touch? What's the matter with your DJ MC Shan? On the wheels of still Marlin sucks. You better change what comes out your speaker. You better off talking about your whack Puma sneaker. Bronx created hip hop, queens will only get dropped. You're still telling lies to me. Everybody's talking about the juice crew funny, but you're still telling lies to me. Is it? That's it. No more battling. You've been taken out. Boogie down. 
Rock Jr., Ultra Magnetic, Eric B., Diatima, Rakim. Peace. We out of here. The Bridge is Over Boogie Down Productions featuring KRS-One. Should I say get it right or Simon will kill me? Uh, really good. Uh, big thanks to Simon Templer for coming on the show. I've posted all of his details across our socials at Maritime Radio and, of course, GetLiveRadio.com. You can get up uh, Simon right now at Blingware UK across all socials. Check out his website, BlingwareUK.com. Google him and see what he's been up to on the BBC, the Guardian newspaper, all these profiles because his art is absolutely dope. But look... If you are a lover of hip-hop and you like to share your whole story with us, I want to hear from you. Come on the show. 50 years we're celebrating of hip-hop. It has done so much for so many people. Email me, trevorblackmannow at gmail.com. That's trevorblackmannow at gmail.com. Or you can connect with me on IG at, at TBN Show Official. That's at TBN Show Official. Or on X, former Twitter, at trevorblackman one and next week fingers crossed we're gonna have someone really special for you dj lord ron dj and producer for many artists including guru from the legendary rap group gangstar courtesy of the wonderful binky womack for hopefully hooking that up for us from the legendary womack and womack family i cannot wait you'll have to join me next week though to find out if he's on the show but i think he's going to be anyway still ahead uh we head to leeds and speak to colin whittaker from the colin whittaker band about life growing up in bradford and how that has influenced his musical catalog and we preview their latest single paper cups and that's next follow trevor now on instagram at official tbn show